all praise and all tongues and all language, and uh, we just get to see a little glimpse of how great he is when we see the various nations worship him, and uh, we're just thankful to have Tona and Courtney and their family with us this morning. Great to have you with us, and uh, what a blessing. And so, uh, yeah, Tona's one of the pastors at the church we minister with in Guatemala, and uh, we're planning our trip again for next year, and we'd love to have some of you go and join them and go down there and worship with them. We'll sing that song down there, and wouldn't that be fun to be able to do that? So I hope some of you will join us for that, and Again, it's just really great to have them with us. Now, we're in a series on the church, and we want to talk about um, what the church is about. In particular, what is our church about? What are we trying to do? What are we trying to accomplish? And last week, we kicked off the series. We talked about how we are a church that's aiming for real-life transformation, transformation to the gospel, that we become more like Jesus and the way we live and act, that we would spread his glory. And now we're going to begin the four parts that are underneath our big theme, and that is connect, grow, serve and reach. And I'm going to have Jim Nielsen come on up. And uh, Jim is uh, a, a good friend of mine, and I'm thankful that I've gotten to know him. And Jim has uh, been coming to Risen Life here for a little bit. And he is an example of someone that is connected. And so I want to talk a little bit about connection with Jim. And put that just really close to your mouth there. Right? You've got to get closer this You've time. got to be brave this time. Yeah. Oh. So uh, Jim, how did you, get, or when did you start coming to Risen Life Church? I started coming to Risen Life a little over two two and a half years ago, and uh, but I started coming a little more regular over the last year, year and a half. Yeah. So. And how have you gotten connected here at Risen Life? You know, when I first started coming, you know, people were a little standoffish when I first started coming in in a biker outfit, and I scared one lady with a ski mask as I was coming up the road. <laughs> it was kind of funny. She told me, you scared me. <laughs> and uh, And then... You know, after a service one time, Pastor Robert come up and introduced himself and asked if we could go have a cold drink or a mm-hmm. glass of sweet tea. And yeah, yeah. I'm the type of person that would have ran, yeah. and for some reason I said yes. Mm-hmm. And shortly after that, um, Scott Toth came up to me and invited me to this men's group that we do on Thursday nights. Yeah. And for sure I would have ran uh-huh. then. And, yeah. and uh, I said yes, and started going to the men's group and and things started to blossom from there has knowing these people has connecting with a few people has that helped you as you've come to church has it made church better for you you know it really has because you know I I grew up in the LDS faith and I was told I had to go to church I was made to go to church so I didn't go with open ears and you know being around you know more people that you know, they have character defects like I do and, and how they can work God and the Lord into their lives to make it easier. You know, I was able to listen and understand because it was something I wanted to do. Yeah. And how has connecting with others helped you grow as a person and in your walk with God? It helps me realize what kind of a selfish person I could be. Mm-hmm. And Me too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Everybody out here too there, Jim. Yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, you know, and, and being able to talk to some people that go through the same kind of struggles in their lives and uh, deal with the, like the book we're going through now is Appetites, you know, is how we deal and struggle with our appetites and get through it. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and sitting down with the guys and being able to open up a bit and talk about it and realize that yeah. people don't look down on you. Yeah, yeah. You've been a real blessing to me and I know to the people that you have gotten to know. You've opened up and been honest and you've helped us. So thanks for connecting here at Risen Life. You've been a really great challenge to all of us. So way to go. Thanks. (laughs) 
Well, all of us can connect, you know. Um, Jim, he's kind of been one that kind of sneaks in late and sneaks out early, and yet now he's pretty connected with a lot of people here, and it's really been great to just see him connect. And all of us can, we're actually asked by God, every one of us, to walk this journey of connecting with others and to share our story, get to know them, let them encourage us, we encourage them, and we grow to become uh, what God wants us to be. So we're going to look at this this morning. Um, where's my Bible? There it is. Um, we are going to talk about connection, and we're going to do it in three parts here this morning. Uh, first of all, we're going to look at the foundation for connection. Then we're going to ask the question, what is connection? And then finally, how do I connect here at, at Risen Life? So I get you to turn in your Bible to John chapter 17. And as you're turning there, I'm going to pray. Father, I ask now that you'll take these words here in our sermon uh, from your word, God, that it would challenge us and change us and move us toward Christ. Save us, God. Convict us. Move us. And draw us into your love. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So the foundation for connecting, for community, for relationship in the Bible is found in John 17. John 17 is a chapter where Jesus is praying to the Father. And he's praying his last prayer, really, it's written before he goes to the cross. And so it, it has some of the most heartfelt <clears throat> and instructive um, words for us in all the New Testament. It's a powerful section, and we'll see here for the roots of how we are to be people that live in community. Look at this, verse 1. When Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son that the Son may glorify you. And since you have given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. Now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. Now, we see here the foundation for relationship, for community, and for connecting as God's people. Because we see a little glimpse into the Trinity. We believe in a, a one God that has eternally existed, who exists in three persons, as a mystery Father, Son, and Holy Spirit who have interacted throughout all eternity. And we see in this little section of Scripture that they love each other, that they glorify each other, that they lift each other up, that they are delighting in each other, that they're enjoying creating together. We see this relationship. We get this glimpse into the Trinity that has been going on for all eternity. They live in indestructible joy and satisfaction and happiness and love and care and uplifting. Apart from anything in creation, they have this for all eternity. It's an amazing thing. Our God doesn't need us. <laughs> he's happy in himself. But he loves us and he's glad that he has created us uh, to enter into this fellowship that he has enjoyed from the very foundation of the world. And so we see him, and you can imagine now this God who is delighting in himself and his own glory and his own beauty, saying, now I want to I give someone else the joy of enjoying what we have. So I'm going to create things that will show my glory. And so he creates the stars, and he spins them into space. And you can imagine the Trinity together just celebrating their, the, the creation of the stars. And then he creates the ocean, and then he makes the starfish that are there in all their colors. And the people 
just look at them and marvel at God's creative energies. And then he creates the dog. And uh, they bark and annoy us, but they're, they're fun and they're happy and we own them. And, and then he creates the dog fish, right? And that's a bad thing to catch. You don't want to catch those. And, uh, and then he creates the rhino, right? And then he creates the rhino fish. Seeing if you're listening. Have you ever seen a rhino fish? Nor have I. <laughs> but God creates the world and he looks at it and he says it is good. And then he creates people. And he says, especially to show my glory, in the image of me I create them because they, unlike all other creation, will be able to love and lift each other up and bless each other and minister to each other and care for each other. Like me, God says. Like me. They get to share my glory. They get to enjoy the community, a taste of the community that we've had for all eternity. They get to enter into that. And that's what... He says as he goes on, Jesus praying further on in in chapter 17, verse 20, he says, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through the word. That's us. We're the ones that are going to believe that they may be one just as you, Father, are in me and I'm in you, that they may be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Do you see the picture there? Jesus says, Father, in the same way that we love each other, I want to create people so that they can love each other and they can be one. That's connection, right? One, connected, just as we are one, connected. You see? I want them to taste the the glory and the joy and the beauty of the relationship we have with each other and then to share that with the world. See, that's that's the aim as Jesus prays this amazing prayer. And so when God created us, when we were made, it's not out of any need that He had. He was fully satisfied and indestructibly happy. But He wanted to share His glory. He wanted to spread the joy, the wealth of His glory with us so we could have a taste of what He had enjoyed all eternity. And that's what we're called to do is to enter into that We're almost just called to enter into the Trinity and just enjoy the fellowship with God and the fellowship He had from all eternity and then to share it with each other and then to share it with, invite others in to share it with them that are are outside and and need a family, need a home, need a place to belong. That's the picture here. That's, That's the root, the foundation of connection. That we would know God and His love that we would share it with others. And that's why Paul prays in Ephesians 3, 14 to 21. He says, I pray that they will just know the depth and the height and the width and the breadth of your love, God, that they would know it. And by knowing it, they would be mature and complete and satisfied in Him. That's God's prayer for us, that we would know this and experience this together. That's Jesus' prayer for us. It's it's an amazing, it's a beautiful prayer. The depth of this is just unsearchable. Now, that's the beginning. That's why God created us. That's the foundation. But we went astray. 
We, we rebelled. We went our own way. We sinned. Adam and Eve sinned. We, a few weeks ago, we talked about how all of us become sinners in Adam as we have carried on through, our, through the line of our fathers. Uh, we've become sinners. And, and if you recall the story in Genesis chapter 3, verses 7 and 8, um, when they had sinned, what did Adam and Eve do? What was the first thing they did? Remember? They hid. They hid. <laughs> right? They became disconnected. Right? They covered up. Just in the previous chapter, they said they were naked and unashamed and in perfect connection and communion with each other. And then they sinned and it said they covered up. They hid. They withdrew. And not only from each other, but also from God. It says they hid from God. They hid from the presence of God. That's what sin does. And now we live with this inclination within us, each one of us, to hide from each other. And to hide from God and to not connect. Because we're ashamed of who we are at times. We carry guilt. We carry shame. We carry inadequacies that we don't want people to see. And so we pull back from this amazing thing that God's given us. This opportunity to come together and love one another and serve and lift each other up. And we pull back from it. Okay, so that, there, there's, there's the foundation of where we're at now. So let, let's talk a little about bit what it means to connect. What does it mean to live in community? What does it mean to have fellowship? Sometimes the Bible calls it fellowship, Acts 2.42. What does it mean to do this together? And I want to develop this a little further, and I'm going to look at a verse, 2 Corinthians chapter 6. This verse has helped me over the years to remind me what I'm to be doing as a, as a Christian person, as a follower of God as a pastor of people. Um, 2 Corinthians 6, 11 to 13 says this. We have spoken freely to you, Corinthians. Now, the Corinthians were a church, and, and they were a people that, uh, you know, they, they loved God, they experienced God, they were doing things for God, but they also had a lot of flaws and imperfections, and, and Paul had to kind of straighten them out and bump them to center in a few places. It was, it was a challenging church to work with. But he says, I'm, I'm, okay, I'm speaking to you freely, Corinthians, Here's what I want you to do. I want you to open your heart wide to me. Open up your heart to me. Okay? Then he says this, verse 12. You are not restricted by us, but you are restricted in your own affections. See? I've opened my heart to you, but you haven't opened your heart to me. I've been sharing my life, my guts, my, I've been honest, I've been real, I've been transparent, I've been pouring my life into you, and you're, you're doing the Adam and Eve thing. You're, you're hiding, you're pulling back, you're not opening your heart to me. See what's going on there? That's his complaint. So he says to him in verse 13, in return, I speak as the children, widen your hearts to me also. See, that, that's, here's what Paul's saying. Open up your hearts. I'm going to open up my heart to you. You need to open up your heart to me. And so that's God's plea with us this morning. Open up our hearts to one another. Be real. Be transparent. Deal with the real things about you with one another and love and care and serve and lift each other up in the middle of that. Okay, that's what he's calling us to do. Now, this isn't Scripture, um, but it is kind of a little way I've thought about this that has helped me. Um, I've kind of thought about connection or opening up my heart sort of at four levels with people. Um, maybe this will help you. 
The first level is, is sort of this greeting or acquaintance <clears throat> level where I, I just get to know your name. And that's a really good thing in itself, isn't it? It's nice to walk into a place and somebody sees you and somebody calls you by name. There's a connection in that. That's a blessing. That's a good thing. And we need to seek to have that level of connection with each other. That seems like the first and most basic thing is that we would just know the names of, of some people around us. Okay, That's the first level. The second level, we, we would um, what I call just sharing of facts. There are some things that we're going to talk about they're not really much more than interesting facts in our lives. And so we might say, well, Alta is a great place to go skiing. That's just a fact we share, but it's beyond just knowing your name. It's something that gives a little information about me. It's something I know, and I'm sharing it with you. It might be helpful. I love going to Trio, the restaurant. That's my favorite Italian food in town. It might say something like that, give you a little tip of where you might go to get food, right? Those are the kind of things we might share, just little facts with each other. That's the second level. Okay? Not a lot at risk there, really. A little knowing of each other um, that's interesting and fun, but yeah, just, just that. Then there's a third level, and uh, I call this sort of the discussing emotional issues, sharing and discussing emotional issues level, uh, where now we're going to talk about some things that really matter to us in our gut, right? Like, how do we parent our kids? Anybody might found that emotional? <laughs> Try telling somebody how to parent their kids and watch the claws come out, right? This is an emotional issue now, right? I have some feelings about how, to, how kids should be parented, and I particularly have some feelings about how you should be parenting your kids, right? And so we, do, we, <laughs> we, we live together kind of with this emotional challenge and tension of sharing more personal things, or maybe how politics are going, how we feel about this planned parenthood debate that's going on in Congress right now. That's an emotional issue. And we might share some of those kind of things. Now we're dealing with deeper stuff. There's a, we're at risk now with each other, aren't we, a little bit? Um, sharing some things that really matter to me. Or, you know, how the church functions. You know, what, what the youth do. What the children's department looks like. How, what kind of music do we want? These are, these are things that are now kind of more down in a little deeper level with us, right? And then there's a fourth level. And I call this the sharing personal emotional level where now i share about myself the emotional issues in my life personally in my heart so i might talk about my fears with you i might talk about my doubts that i'm struggling with about god i might confess sin. The Bible says, James 5.17, confess your sin one to another. That's this level, right? I confess my sin to one another. And we're to do that at, at, at this level, okay? And it's a real gut sharing. And by the way, you, you want to be careful. You, you don't just start at four, right? Uh, <laughs> the, the idea is to build a relationship and go down, but you don't start at four, I remember the first day Corinne Talbot, our children's minister, came into staff, her first day on the job, and she sat down in the circle, and I said to her, okay, I want you to share your greatest sins with us. That's the way you kind of get invited to the staff. And she started to do it. Said, oh, no, 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 don't, no, don't, no. <laughs> don't, <laughs> no, we don't want to know. <laughs> but there ought to be somebody that she shares those with, right? There should be somebody, each of us, shares those kind of things 
with. And we want to be in relationships where we are driving it down into deeper places and levels with, with each other. The aim in all of this is to know each other, therefore to be able to encourage and build each other up and to love each other and show grace to each other, and ultimately to help each other grow in their walk with God and to know His grace and His love and His help in and through the things that we share. Okay? That's what we're aiming for. Uh, Tina, who is our Connections Pastor. In fact, I'm going to have her stand up here just for a moment. This is our Connections Pastor, Tina Pelton. And if you want to get connected at Risen Life Church, there's the person that is primarily in charge of all of that. And so we're really thankful for Tina and her work. And, um, but she often says, when you are in crisis, who do you talk to? Where do you go? See? Where do you go in crisis? And, and the church should be that kind of family. It's called a family. Uh, it's called a city where we together take care of one another. When we are in crisis, there ought to be people around you somewhere where you go and share that with so that you can be encouraged and strengthened and helped and, and get through it, get to the other side of that crisis, right? So that's the aim of the church. And by the way, as, as we get down that, that ladder into the deeper places, that's the place where we taste the glory of God. And the goodness and the sweetness of God. Because God connects at the deepest possible level in His being with the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit just loving and serving and, and lifting up one another and glorifying each other. They connect at the deepest possible level. And the more we get down there, the more we experience His glory and His joy. And, and we get strengthened there. See, it's scary there. You know, we're kind of inclined, like Adam and Eve, not to go there. But when we get there, we taste God there. Taste and see that the Lord is good. See, let's press into this. But this requires transparency and honesty. And I think we know that there is a real delicate nature to all of this, right? Even now, we're kind of feeling like, oh, this is like, mm, I kind of like my couch by myself watching the football game more than this, right? <laughs> but we're not whole as people until we get... There. So, so we're called to this really sweet thing, but it's also a really, really risky thing. Because when we start to share it at these deep levels, we're vulnerable. And when we're vulnerable, we can be taken advantage of, can't we? We've all done this. We've shared, and then we regret it, don't we? Because the person didn't handle the information very well, right? They weren't kind, they were judgmental. They thought they had all the answers to fix our problem. Husbands, listen up here. All right. They took the information and they shared it with somebody else. They gossiped about us. Right. Or they used it to their advantage to make themselves feel good. To build themselves up by sharing it and show that they were better than that person. Worse yet, right? These things happen. And they're sad things. And they make us want to pull back and say, I'll never share like that ever again. You've been there. We've all been there. I'm not going to do that again. It led to more pain. I don't need more pain. I've got plenty in my life. right? And so we have this natural inclination to withdraw and to pull back in, in relationship. Now, I, I want to say right here that sometimes that's the right impulse. Sometimes, when you're thinking, I'm not going to share with that person, you are right. <laughs> right? Don't share with that person. 
because it's going to go badly for you if you do. We know this. And stink of us taking my dog for a little walk a few weeks ago at night. I was taking for a walk, and it was night. It was dark. And we're kind of in a dark corner where the lights don't shine much. And suddenly he takes off across the street. Unlike my dog. He doesn't usually do this. Takes off. Yank. There he is. He's out there. And, and, I, and I look up. And he was chasing a porcupine. <laughs> he wanted to be friendly with the porcupine. Okay? Now, I'm, I'm aware of a porcupine. All right? I did my study on porcupines back in elementary school. I know what they do, right? And I thought, it won't be good for you to be friends with that porcupine. It's not going to end well for you, right? In fact, I have a pug. He's got a front smashed-in face, like all pugs do. It would be a perfect dartboard for that porcupine. You, I, just, I could picture my pug's face filled with quills. And, I, you know, I'm in the emergency pug room at 10 p.m. at night, right? Whatever that looks like. It just didn't look good. So, I, so I, you know, like someone that cares and loves my pug, right? I pull him in, right? Pull him in. Don't, you're not going to be friends with him. That's bad for you. All right. That's the way we ought to be. Some people are porcupines, and we stay away from them in, with our personal stuff. We know their name. We say hi to them, share some facts maybe, but we don't do the personal stuff. We've got to know that, don't we? But here is the honest realization. Here's the honest realization. Nobody in this room is entirely safe. Nobody. The person we love most and care about most deeply, our closest friend or our spouse or our closest colleague, even they have a bad day and they don't handle well the things we share with them. We know that. I don't know a relationship in my life that's close and deep and personal that I haven't hurt that person badly and they haven't hurt me badly. That is what it means to relate as sinful people. Okay? And so we've got to be so careful not to let our own sin that comes to the surface in relationships keep us from connecting with each other. We'd have every reason not to connect, but we don't want to let it do that to us because we miss out on some of the most blessed stuff in all of our existence, and that is loving and being loved by people. And so we, as risky as it is, it's worth it for a select number of people in our life that we let them in, okay? Now, how do we do this, right, with this tension, right? It's a good thing, and yet it's a risky thing. How do we do this with this tension? Now, I have three principles that have guided me in this, um, and I think it can guide us. It might help us this morning. And the first one is found in Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24. Very popular psalm. You've heard these words. I'll read them to you. But I think this is the first principle for connecting deeply and connecting well in light of everything that we've shared here. It says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there is any grievous way in me 
and lead me in the way everlasting. So I think in these verses is the first principle to connecting well with people. And that is to start by connecting well with God. And to do this very scary prayer of saying, okay, God, here I am. I'll, I'll open my heart to you. Okay, because you're good, you're loving. You're kind of scary sometimes, but, but you're, I know you're gracious and I know you're kind. I know you love me. I know you made me. You know what's best for me. So search my heart. Search me, God. Show me what I need to see. Point out offensive ways in me so that I might find your forgiveness and your grace. So I might experience your love and your touch and your sweeping, you know, the dust up around me and getting me back on my feet and getting me going again. So God, search me, bind me up, make me whole, make me strong and get me going again. Okay, that's, that's, that's that prayer, paraphrased. So we start with God. And by the way, once you've done that with God, it's not so hard with others, right? Because God knows everything, right? He knows when you're not, not telling Him the truth about yourself, right? And, and He knows, you know, kind of how bad you can be. And He's still knowing everything about you, loves you, and is crazy about you. Isn't that great news? And so you can come to Him and you can get secure with just an honest conversation with Him, and just practice that daily. Get your, get your feet planted on Him in a secure relationship with Him. And then that makes it far less risky to be vulnerable with others. I think for, th- for those of you who are married, our spouses are a little bit like this, I think, for us. I, I say to my wife often, you know, Mary, as long as you like me, and as long as you're feeling good about me, and you're like good with me, I really don't much really care what anybody else thinks about me. Right? Isn't that the way it is? I think that's what our spouse does for us. That's a little godlike, I think. I think it's right even. But way more importantly <laughs> is we are, we are Jesus' bride. <laughs> right? And, and when we're right with Him and we know we're right with Him, then we're secure in what, a- what anybody says about us. Because the God who knows me and loves me is for me and with me and is crazy about me, okay? So we start there. That's, that's, the, that's the beginning point. Then, the second principle I live by <clears throat> is this one. Um, <clears throat> don't be so self-absorbed and centered on your own pain that everybody around you has to treat you just right. Okay, you ever met somebody like that, right? I mean, every little thing, they know every little thing you've said wrong, every little thing you've done wrong to them, they keep a list, never goes away. And they're highly focused on how you've hurt them and how everybody else has hurt them, and they sort of live nursing those pains. Right? That kind of person will never connect because they'll hurt everybody else. Hurt people, hurt people. There's a book actually written like that. And, and it's, it's true. Um, and so we don't want to be so self-focused on our own hurts and pains that we can't live with a little rough and tumble of people hurting us. Actually, it's a little bit fun if you can just learn to enjoy life and enjoy Jesus walking with you. Life's a little bouncy. The bounces and the excitement of kind of working things out is actually a good thing. It's, a, it's part of the adventure of life. 
So don't be so self-focused that you can't. In fact, those very hurts that good friends bring to you are the things that let you experience the gospel in your life. Now you go, oh my gosh, I am hurt. Jesus, what am I going to do with that? Well, you died on a cross for my sins. You understand what it means to be hurt. And I have hurt you. I mean, I put those nails right in your hands and you forgive me. So maybe I can learn a little bit about how to do that for others. I I often say to myself, you know, in a friendship like Jesus, I carry a cross of pain in loving my friends. That's what it means to love. Well, I think in part. And so now I can practice the presence of Christ in my relationships and be forgiving and then in turn be forgiven because I'm going to hurt back, right? And the gospel gets drilled down into our hearts and we're more alive and we're more loving and we're more gracious. And so actually these pains can be redeemed in such a way that actually we become more fulfilled people. You see? That's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing about the gospel. When anybody brings to us as Christians, we have the medicine that will make them well. So there's one last little principle. I'll make it brief here. But, um, and that is this. Third one. As best we can, let's seek to be safe people for those around us. Let's be prayed up in the morning that God would make us loving and gracious and kind that whatever we would hear, we would respond with God's love and goodness and grace to those that share with us hard things. Well, let's be a safe people. Can we do that? Can we be a safe congregation that you can come in here with whatever your deal is and we all have our deal and we love you. Right? And we, don't, and we love you so much, we're not going to let you stay there. But we accept you and receive you, and then we're going to graciously move you along out of that hard place that you know is not good for you. Right? But like, can we be that kind of safe place? That's what we're aiming for here at Risen Life. Okay? All right. Now, let me, um, let me go to the third part of my sermon, and that is connecting here at Risen Life. How, how do I connect at Risen Life? Now, the aim I've mentioned is to experience real life transformation, that we would grow into all that God meant us to be, be like Jesus and to be loved and to love and to just experience the fullness of life in Him. Real life transformation, as Pastor Robert and I explained it last week. And so here are some practical things for us to do. Okay, I'll, I'll move through these very quickly. But, you know, sometimes people just need sort of a, sort of a step, you know, putting one foot in front of the other kind of lifts that, that lets us get connected. This is how you connect. One is go to church. Okay, show up. Okay, so you, so I'm preaching to the choir here this morning. You showed up. All right, you've already done one. Right, the next six are easy. Promise you, you did one. But but beyond one, say hi to somebody uh, after church. Do that acquaintance first step one. Get to know a name of somebody, right? And maybe even once in a while, ask that person or persons or family. Uh, to have lunch with you after church. There's some really good restaurants on 3300 South, really just three or five minutes down the road. You can do that. You show up without notice there, and they'll feed you. And grab, grab some pudding, go have lunch together after church. Great thing to do. Okay, second of all, get on the city. Now, we have a communications uh, method and device called the city. It's on the Internet. 
And this is our primary way of communicating with our congregation. If you want to be in information flow and information central, you got to get on the city. Because that's where all the information in our church comes down to everybody. And uh, you want to do that? In fact, we're going to take this a little more seriously in the future. We realize as we're growing and there's less people in the communication loop that this we need to do. And so we're going to actually have somebody with a computer after church on Sunday mornings ready to sign you up and get you on the city so you can get in the flow of communication. Okay, so that's the second one. Third, attend some events. Oh, by the way, if you want to get on the city, just contact any one of us by email or contact the church office during the week and they'll get you on, help you get on. Okay, uh, attend some events. This gets you just beyond the big group on Sunday morning. Uh, there's a men's retreat coming in two weeks. What a great way to meet lots of men, um, a chance to be ministered to, and just find some friends. Uh, there's a men's prayer breakfast that is here on Saturday, first Saturday morning of each month. And men gather and get to know each other and pray for one another, and that's a great thing. Um, there are some women's activities like Take a Break Tuesday. Uh, there's a, uh, a list of, of them and the dates they meet and where they meet uh, back in the back there. I talked to Tina. She knows all that information too, and so you women can get connected that way. Today there's a family meeting. Following this service, we're going to set up tables, and there'll be circle tables, about eight people around each table. Come sit down at a table with people you've not met before and get to know them a little bit and get, get caught up on what's going on at Risen Life. That's a great chance here today. But, but do something. There's Table Talk, which is a chance to connect with a couple, three other new families. You can sign up for that on the, on the city and the Internet. Um, but these are things just get to go to some events. Fourthly, uh, go to DRL. DRL stands for Discovering Risen Life. That's a one-hour luncheon. We had it last week. It co- comes every quarter or so where we share our vision, our direction. You get to meet the staff. You get to know a little bit about us, what we think, how we do theology, how we teach, basic values that we hold. Uh, go to that. If you've never been to that and you want to get connected to Risen Life, you've got to do that. Five, join a community group. Now, um, i got this pamphlet. Here's a list of all of our community groups. And, um, and we have several community groups in this church, and it's a group of people that meet in various places, some actually on Sunday mornings in the church, some in homes around the, the valley, and some meet every week, some meet every other week, but it's a chance for you to settle in with some people and to get to know them better. And so if you want to get to know some people really well, get in a community group and get to know them that way. Now, you can also do this informally. Um, where you just make some friendships with people that you really like. You meet somebody on Sunday morning, you like them, go do something with them. And if you like them even more, even after doing something with them, do something again with them, right? (laughs) So complicated. (laughs) And you'll be surprised after you've done things with them for a while, you really are connected with them. So I I think actually this is how we meet our best friends, is just just do stuff with people you like and enjoy, right? But do it. You've got to take the step to do it. In our previous church, we had a family that we really connected with. We've connected with people in every church we've been to, and and as lay people and as pastors. But this this family connected well, loved them, and just so thankful for them. And they've been a blessing to us, and they've been a blessing to our family. So they they lived in Nebraska, obviously. And and so when we were here and... and, uh, And it was Easter Sunday in Nebraska, and our kids couldn't come home. This family invited uh, one of my sons, Bjorn, and all his frat brothers over for Easter dinner. Now, that's love, right? (laughs) I'm not signing up for that, right? But here come all these frat brothers, you know, 20 of them, over for Easter dinner. And Bjorn was saying this week, it was one of the happiest moments in his life when he sat there with all his frat brothers, with friends that loved our family and loved them, and they had dinner 
together. And he was, he was saying this this week. So I thought, well, I think they would like to hear that. So I got on the phone to call uh, this lady who, who had made this dinner for my son and all his friends. And I, I just I called her and I said, you know, I just want to say thanks for doing this. My son said it was one of the most meaningful moments in his life that he, had, he sat and had dinner at your table like this. And, and, and she said, oh, thanks. It was it's such an encouragement. And by the way, I'm in Switzerland right now. And I'm calling her at 8 o'clock at the night. She had answered my call at 3 o'clock in the morning in Lucerne, Switzerland to talk to me. Right? But that's, that's a connection, right? <laughs> and she said, yeah, it's 3 o'clock in the morning. Thank you. Awesome. Now, <laughs> I'm cruising the Rhine tomorrow. Now, let me go back to bed. So, but she goes, I'm with you. We love you. We think of you often and we're praying for you. How about that, huh? That gives you so much strength when you make those kind of friends. You can do life. You can get through the hard moments, can't you? And so we need to make those kind of friends. Finally, um, finding a place uh, to serve. And uh, we all need to find a place to serve, to feel useful, to feel valued, and to uh, do that together. And I put member, which means commit to all of this, and get in, sign on, and let's go. Okay, let's move toward the end of this sermon. We were never meant to go this alone. We we're to bear one another's burdens. And, uh, and we're called a family by Jesus. Jesus, when he had his brothers and sisters around him who didn't believe, and uh, people say, there's your brothers and sisters. And he goes, uh, not really. My brothers and sisters are the ones that love me and know me and obey me and follow me. Right? That's what a family really is, is those who follow Jesus together. And we are that. And wherever you go, you can be a, a part of that. And uh, we get the, the privilege of just experiencing God's grace together. We are not a country club. We are not just a gathering of people. We are people who love each other, that show the grace of Christ to each other, and minister the gospel to each other. And it is a, a blessed thing. And we are called to the greatest mission ever in the history of the world, and that is to bring this good message of God's love to those around us. And so we have this amazing thing that we get to connect together and do. Band, you can come on up. And so today is really a big day of celebration. It really is. We're going to have a family meeting. We're going to talk about a lot of these things. But it is amazing all the great things God is doing with us as a gathered group of people. Um, We've talked a lot about this building project and the miracle of that. And uh, to have that funded at $1.5 million. And to have a church that voted 100% together on it. That does not happen. That is one. When Jesus said, be one as we are one, we were one. That is a miracle. And, and to have half the space now, and last Sunday we had 120 kids crammed into that space. Uh, the amount of patience and grace and camaraderie, we need to do this together, and, and we're doing it. It's a, it's a beautiful day. And all of our staff have had their offices taken away. We're all crammed in one office, and that's right through that door, and all our desks are in there. And we like each other most of the time, right? But this will be a test to see if we really love each other. But what a great day to bring the the love of Christ uh, to each other. Furthermore, we get to hear from Brian Katherman, our church planner today in the meeting. And and Brian, I was just talking to him last night on the phone, is experiencing a powerful movement of God's hand like people rarely see. And it is an amazing thing. He's going to share some of that this morning. But he is reaching people you and I will never get to. promise you. And you got to hear about that today. And then we've been able to worship together today with a pastor from Guatemala in a church that we love and we work alongside. We've been able to be a blessing to them, but they've been a far bigger blessing to us. And to serve and minister the gospel around the world together 
what a great day it is. And so, so we celebrate and we rejoice together in all the good things God is doing. But we also are people that not only rejoice with those who are rejoicing, but weep with those who are weeping. And many of you know uh, Pastor Jared and his wife Amy lost their little baby this weekend. And Abigail Grace uh, was born without a heartbeat. And so we come around people like that and love them and care for them, don't we? We, we rejoice with those who are rejoicing and we weep with those who are weeping. And, and, and we're, we're good at this. I know already, Jared and Amy, I was talking to Jared yesterday, how much a blessing we have been to them and their family. And so we're just people enjoying the love of God and sharing that love with each other, rejoicing when there's rejoicing to be had and, and, and sorrowing when there's broken hearts, uh, that we together would be to the glory of God as his people. Let's pray. Father, thank you for all you're doing. Thank you for the joy of, of doing life together. And so, Father, we give this day to you. It's to your glory. Thank you that you've invited us into this amazing thing of community. And we want to do it well for our joy and for your glory. In your name we pray. Amen. How deep the Father's love for us. How vast beyond all measure. That he should give his only son. To make a wretch his treasure How great the pain of searing loss The Father turns his face away As wounds which mar the chosen one Bring many sons to glory. Behold the man upon the cross. My sin upon his shoulders Ashamed I hear my mocking voice Call out among the scoffers It was my sin that held him there until it was accomplished His dying breath has brought me life I know that it is finished 